This is the John Nuzzo Leadership Podcast. Today we have the privilege of uh, talking to Pastor Chris Hodges of Church of the Highlands in Birmingham, Alabama. And I uh, want to just get as quickly as I can into this, Chris, so you can people can have the full impact of, of the things you've learned. Uh, I became acquainted with you. I knew, knew of you long before this, but about four or five years ago, you came into this area. Uh, a friend of mine uh, had you speak it to pastors, and it really revolutionized the way we do church. And I want to encourage people that may not have the opportunity to sit across from you to realize that you can have your life deeply impacted by somebody that you have no proximity to. Today's the first time we've ever met, and yet you had no idea that you know, we literally have adopted so much of what Highlands does, processes, small groups. And, and I'll mention the small groups here in a moment. But if you could just, most everybody that's going to listen to this podcast will know who you are, but could you just kind of synopsize the Highlands story? Sure. Well, thank you, first of all, for those very kind words. And um, it's uh, the joy of my life to be able to help other pastors. In fact, when, when I was first starting out planning our church, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, if you'll help me make this work, um, I will do whatever I can to serve other pastors. And um, when we first started a little over 16 years ago, John, there um, there wasn't a whole lot you could go to to learn how to do church. You know you know what yeah. I'm... Yeah, right? So we, we call it down in the South, we call it the Y'all Go Ahead ministry, and so, <laughs> <laughs> which means they'd, they'd bring you down to the front and pray for you, and yeah. there, were, there was no advice, there was no training, there were no books, there was no money, there was... They'd lay hands on you and pray for you, and that was, that was yeah. and they didn't know any better. So I don't fault anyone, but but uh, but I needed a whole lot more than that, you know. And uh, I'm grateful for prayer, but I, ne- yeah. I needed more to know more. And and uh, yeah, we started um, 16 years ago, uh, wanting to just launch a brand new church. And honestly, the the one thought, and few people know this. You probably don't even know this. I don't share it a whole lot. I probably should, but the one thought we had was, can we be you know, we have Pentecostal charismatic theology. Can we be spirit-filled and reach lost people? Right. And I really wasn't sure if we could do both, honestly, John. I didn't know if we could create a, a church experience that was that was seeing a lot of lost people get saved. And so that was that was really our whole goal when we started. Can can we can we embrace who we are theologically, but man, be, do a little bit better job at reaching people who are far from God. And so, especially down south, there's, there was plenty of churches, but there weren't, a, there weren't a lot of churches that were reaching the people who didn't want to go to church anymore or who were de-churched. So we started out with 34 people. In four months, I found 34 people that wanted to help me launch. I, I'd raised $75,000. I thought that was a boatload of money, and it, it turns out um, um, it, it probably could have used a whole, a whole lot more. But we, we launched our first service. We had 400 people come to a a thousand seat fine arts theater of a high school, and uh, two hundred came back, and and that was really our start. Those two hundred people. Were you surprised when four hundred sh- showed up? The you first know, Sunday at all? honestly, I had big vision, so I I, I was kind of disappointed that six hundred em- there were okay. six hundred empty seats, honestly, okay. and so we probably had way too big of an auditorium for for uh, a launch back then. And uh, but you know, um, I was still having the time of my life, and. And by the end of that first year, we had 600 calling Church of the Highlands home, and and but then you know it just kind of kept growing. We actually doubled the first three years, just kept growing, and it and I was just having more fun than a person should be allowed to have. We we um we stayed portable, setting up and taking down for six and a half years. 
um, and had 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 uh, learned how to operate on on a very small percentage of what we were bringing in because we just didn't have any we really didn't have any overhead. Um, and so we grew it to about 4,500 people in six and a half years and then um, went into our first building project, built a 2,400-seat auditorium without any capital campaign or fundraiser or anything, and uh, borrowed a little bit, to, but were able to service it in five years if the church didn't even grow a single person. Wow. And it did grow. We had, in fact, we in, in about a month and a half, about six weeks, the 4,500 went to 9,000. 9, oh. And and that's when, you know, and honestly, I'm still, I still shake my head and say, man, what, 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 what in the world did the Lord do there, you know? And so, because I know me and I know how much of this was me and I know how much it wasn't. And I have to give glory to God. But, you know, here we are now, 16 years later with 16 locations and about 45,000 people on a weekend. And it's, it's, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm having the time of my life. And, and we get the privilege now to help a bunch of churches and a lot of pastors who come through uh, a ministry that we started called Grow. Uh, it's at growleader.com, and we offer... We are a grow... Victory is a growth church. Right, and we just offer all of our resources. In fact, we scholarship, you know, the guys who can't even afford to, to go to a conference. To, we, we scholarship them at these events, and it's been the joy of my life to help, help other churches and pastors. You know, when, I, when people hear that type of growth and that type of expansion and reach, um, it's overwhelming to a lot of pastors, a lot of leaders, because they, sometimes we get stuck in places where we think, that, that's just so far beyond me, I don't know how you can help me. Um, where the reality of it is, is that the reason, one, I believe God called you there, His hands on your life. If anyone's ever been on your campus, uh, to any of your churches, uh, the presence of God is, it's tangible. So it's clear that God's hand is upon it. But I also know that God's hand is everywhere, and things don't grow everywhere. And God is everywhere all the time, and there's a lot of stuff dying. And so, so much of this is connected to the fact that you had great mission and great vision in your heart, but you have a, a very unique blend. As I've kind of studied you, to be honest, I didn't intentionally want to do like a case study on you, but I've listened to probably 90% of your messages over the last five years. And, uh, the things you do, maybe instinctively or purposefully, I don't know. Um, I never hear you speak that I don't know the reason Highland, Highlands exists. I never hear you speak that you don't talk about helping hurting people. Uh, and you're also teaching people about stewardship. And, and I don't mean giving. I'm talking about just the way you think about money is so backwards <laughs> to how churches, and I'll yeah. take ourselves. And as I told you today, man, I'd have given anything to had that relationship, at least that understanding, where I could have thought differently. Now I'm 56. We're, we're on the, you know, we're looking to transition at some point here. And, and so I'm trying to wind that down. Um, and so that's not ideal. Uh, yet so many pastors think, okay, well, he's so far beyond me. If you could scale this down to some of the things that you believe personally, that doesn't, it wouldn't matter if you were in a town of 800 people or a city like Birmingham or New York City, that 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 are your values that drive you, because to me that transcends any of the su- success or or any of the specifics. Right, and and honestly, values aren't there aren't there aren't unique t- to scale. So there's not a set of values that works when you're our size versus they they work at every size. And I I and not only that, many of the practices. One of the things that we 
we work very hard to do, John, is, is when we training pastors is we always refer to not where we are, but where we were when we were that size. Right. So we're, because we're very committed to not only having, um, transferable principles and practices, but scalable ones. Yes. And so, um, so everything that we do teach, um, in our, in our, our seminars and in our conferences for pastors are, uh, are not, again, not where we are, but, but, but where they right. are. And so that's very, very important to us. Great systems though, um, any great system in business or in church or any place you, is marked by, can others do it? Right. That was the genius of Michael Gerber in the book, The E-Myth. He said, you know, the, um, that, that what great systems are are ones that you can take this is so simple this system will work anywhere and he would give an example like like for a McDonald's franchise that's why you can you can go to you know your 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 own hometown and go to McDonald's and then go to Moscow Russia and the burger tastes exactly the same right so it was able to cross cultural lines and still have success and 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 um and that's a I think there are some things to church that are so easily actually caught and and taught um, that that pastors can implement, and that that um, that can cause them to grow. Um, you ask for one of those. The main one is clarity of vision. Yeah. Now, every pastor thinks his vision is clear, but it's only clear if you can go to everybody on staff, and even the top ten percent of everybody in your church, and ask them what the vision is. And they not only say the same thing, but they use the same language when they say it. Right. I have never met a place that does that. So as much as it, it may be clear in a pastor's mind, when, one of the first things we work on with pastors when we're helping them, and a principle that crosses, regardless of how big you are, is what is the win? What are you trying to accomplish? Right. What is it, and how do you know when you've done it? Like where, Create a touchdown line, create a scoreboard, so that everybody knows if you're accomplishing the vision or not, and I, and honestly, as simple as that sounds, it's not it it's it's so many places still that's not clear, not even clear to the top people on staff. Right. Well, that's true for us. I mean, when people came to me and they said, "Hey, how do you develop here? How do you connect at Victory?" and and we and I couldn't even articulate it. We had this track, and we could do this, and but the unique thing I think about. Highlands that is transferable is, and, and what I really would want to encourage people do, to do is to actually listen to your, your weekend message and learn how you actually accomplish this, no matter what your subject matter is. Right. And it, I, I'm assuming that's intentional because. It's very intentional. Okay. I call it preaching the vision. Okay. So that's every right. Sunday, so we have a vision. Basically, the vision is we want lost people to get saved. We want to pastor the saved people. Yeah. We want to train the people we've pastored. And we want to train people to go do something, right? Right. <laughs> like get involved. Okay? Exactly. So say it how you want to say it. In my opinion, that is the Great Commission. So all four of those are measurable. Right. That that we know that lost people are getting saved. That's a number. That's not a guess. That's not a feel. That's an actual. We know if that's happening or not, and we know if people are involved in getting pastored because for us that's are they in a, in a small group. We know if they're going through a growth track to be trained to right. find their 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 spiritual gift. And then we know if they're serving on a team somewhere or not. So right. all of those are measurable, clear visions. Okay? That's our vision. The way we say it at Highlands is we want you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. And we, and we don't let people say it differently. Right. So everybody on our staff, when they, they ask, what do we do here? They all, they all use the same words. We, we want people to know God, 
find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And so we have, we're measuring all four of those all, all the time. And then in my job as the pastor is to preach the vision. So every, every service, I talk about the importance of knowing God. And once you know God, to, to find freedom in your life. And once you've found freedom, to discover why you're here and find your purpose. And once you've found your purpose, hey, get on, let's, let's all go do something that changes the world. And I just say it, say it, say it, say it, say it, say it, say it. So, so the, some, the best leadership principle, for those that are listening to this podcast, the best leadership principle um, that I could give a pastor or a leader is clarify the vision, then over-communicate it. Okay. So cr- make sure it's clear. I mean, and really stress over the language of it because language creates culture. Make right. sure you have the language that really just sings and it sounds good and works well. And then say it, 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 because vision leaks. Yeah. So it, it's it, even if you think it's clear to you, it's it it, it leaks, and so we have to uh, say it a whole lot more than we think we do. You know, when when I meet with pastors, sometimes I'll I'll just take out my iPhone and go to your podcast, any message, and because I want to communicate this principle. And I'll say, I want you to listen to the first part of this message. And invariably, I said, no, why does this – within minutes, this is why we're here. And it's, it, it's, it's obvious. One of the uniqueness, I think, of how God's using Highlands is, is there's not just this amazing juggernaut of a church. There is a unique uh, sense of humility among the people as you serve other churches. Uh, there isn't an us and them, a greater or a lesser – it's where everybody, when you, when you come into that environment, you actually are, you feel like this juggernaut, if you want to call it that, is serving you and the people there uh, serving you. It's so clear that that heart is, is permeated your church. You know, when a lot of pastors, a lot of leaders don't know how to pivot because I think, one, it takes humility to pivot. As I told you five years ago, I went to hear you. And, uh, and pastors sometimes feel like, well, you know, if I said something contrary to my church, how do I ever recover from that? Because people will think I'm stupid. And I've learned that people kind of know when I've been stupid, whether I tell them or not. <laughs> but so what I had said for years, now I'm, I don't mean five or six years, I'm talking like 17 of them, that, hey, look, Victor, we don't do small groups here. If you want to do a small group, go bowling. Yeah. <laughs> no, I said stupid stuff like that. So I went to hear you, and you talked about you know the four cups, and you were sharing uh, the the message you you were sharing basically on, on how how to do effective church, and and it, it so resonated with me that I'm sitting there thinking, man, Nuzo, you're an idiot. Seventeen years you've been saying stupid stuff. So instead of just getting up the next weekend and say, hey, listen, I'm an idiot, I, I gathered some people around me that you know on our staff, and I said, hey, I'm an idiot. We need to change this. And I won't go into how we went about doing that, but it required about nine months of prep because of the size and of our church. And But I ultimately had to get up, and I just said to our church, look, I've been saying something stupid for, for 17 years, completely stupid. It's wrong. There's no—all I can tell you is that I was wrong. I know I'm wrong. I just have to fix wrong stuff now. So uh, we're going to do this. And so as a result, we we invested the time, we invested the resource, and it and it— it brought tremendous, tremendous help to our church. And I just would want to encourage people to become a part of the Grow Network. Uh, and, and, and it's hard to even – the conference sells out, so you got to get in early or you're not getting there. Right. Um, and so uh, invest the time and go. And uh, if I didn't go down to Jeff Leake's church and take that time, 
and go listen to and, and sit down and just listen. Our church would have been terribly, terribly impacted by the failure of me to go listen mm. to somebody. And so when, when you know you came, you go to Birmingham, and this thing just and and it's like it just keeps exploding and growing and. Arc and the, you know the, the the church planting arm and uh, the campuses, the prisons that you guys serve, and it just goes. Highlands College, my two daughters are there right now, so it's remarkable. So, if you were to talk to two groups of people today, and then we'll wind this down, if you would speak to one, the young man or the young person, maybe or not to young person that's involving themselves in a church plant, uh, what would you say to them today? And then, secondly, maybe. A pastor like me that has to make some adjustments and perhaps even needs revitalized. If you could just speak to those two uh, specifics, and then we'll wind this down. Sure, great questions too. And and the first thing I would say to, to actually to both groups is never do ministry alone. So I don't know why any of us should be these islands trying to figure out you know reinventing the wheel. If the wheel's been already invented, use what's been invented and then perfect what has been invented. Don't start from ground zero. I truly believe that God has always intended for us to come together more. I think he builds his kingdom through relationships, but that dynamic means, John, we were supposed to stand on each other's shoulders right. and and, and be, become better together. And so I, I would tell any pastor or leader, um, get relationally connected to a model, to a model that you, that you, um, that you appreciate, that you that you are drawn to, that you respect, uh, and that's what you did. You 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 heard you heard, you saw a model, and you saw it through a guy like me. That you think, man, if Chris can do it, I know anybody can do it. Honestly, and, and just I'm a regular old guy. And as you said before, I'm I'm not a dynamic speaker. I'm not a great. Well, no, you're an amazing speaker and a great communicator. But, I mean, but you're not like it's not like T D Jakes kind of. Get I'm ready, not get building ready, get ready, it on yeah. that. And so, yeah. and I do that honestly, do that on purpose because I don't want people to be drawn to a skill set that no one could replicate. Right. The truth is, people could people can do what we do, mm-hmm. and um and and so I, I I just say learn from proven models. And by the way, John, we do that still. I still there's still places where I look at other churches and go, man, they do that better than us. And I'll send teams over there and say, go learn what they do. Right. I always tell that pastor, by the way, too. I said, you do this better than us for a very short amount of time. Because <laughs> I'm getting ready to, to learn it, rip it, and, yeah. and make it better, and then tell everybody else. In fact, you'll probably be coming to us to learn how to, to do what you taught us to do. Because um, And I like that spirit, though. That, that yeah. Let's all be that way. Let's Why, why you know... As Rick Warren said one time about using his sermons, because he loves it when people preach his messages. Mm-hmm. Look, I was so busy when I was a church planner; I didn't have time to study. I needed I needed to borrow some messages. Right, right. And he, Rick always says, "Man, if my bullet fits your gun, shoot it." <laughs> and that's the way I feel, man. If my bullet fits your gun, shoot it. If, if if we have something you need, take it. Put your name on it. Don't ever quote us. You don't have to say where it came from. Make it better. Just claim it. I mean. Let's help each other so that we can get the job done. I, I think we're valuing this individualism yeah. when we really need to val- value get the job done. That's, right. We're here on, on an assignment to get people into heaven, and um, and so it's 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 really important. So uh, that that's what I would honestly say to both those groups of people is don't ever do ministry alone. They say ninety percent of all pastors and leaders are lonely. Mm. Well, that's just not that's on that's on you. 
Right. Go, go, go somewhere, get connected, build friendships, do life with, with, with ministry partners. And that's what you did going to, to Jeff's church when you heard yeah. me speak. And here we are together building friendship and, and enjoying uh, each other. And so I, just, I believe in that. And then, and then learn from pre- proven models. And by the way, I, we still do that. Um, we, 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 I, have, I have a team right now out studying one aspect of church that we don't, I don't think we do well enough. And I have a team out there studying. I tell them to go find five churches in America who do this better than us. Yeah. And, and we're going to get better at it. Well, you know, the, the discouraging thing for a lot of us in, uh, that, that, that are currently pastoring is that there are a lot of churches that do a lot of things better than what you do. And I think sometimes people get behind that curve and there becomes this discouragement. It's, it's just, you know, I, I can never be, quote, one of those people. I can never be one of those churches. And I don't mean uh, multiplying to the tens of thousands. Some people's demographic doesn't even make that permissible. Exactly. And so, but the reality of it is every pastor is, is desperate to be fruitful. They're desperate to win people to Christ. And the way we say it, John, is I, we want every pastor to fulfill their potential. Yes. Not my potential, not your potential. Every, but but if, if a pastor does not feel like he or she is fulfilling their potential, right. then that is on us. We, let, let's, let's go f- get the tools necessary to reach our own potential that God had for us. So winding this down, if you could just give people, because instead of them just listening, saying, man, that was great, I wish I could sit down with Chris Hodges again, they can't. What are some of the steps people can take to connect to the resources that are available through your church? Because it's you guys give everything away. It is. I mean, you're pouring it out like like a like a like a fire hose. So, what are the, some of the the the, the website the the Grow Network? Uh, sure. You know, if you could just kind of just give people, hey, these are the things you can follow up on, and then. I'll wind it up and okay. beg people to go do it. Well, our relationship network is actually ARC, right. the Association of Related Churches. So GROW is not really a network of churches. It's, it's not a relational network. It's a school. Right. It's a place where we download what we do, how we do it, you take it, but never intended to build a family and a, fr- a friendship. ARC is that for us. Mm-hmm. If, 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 you're, if, if any pastor or leader is listening right now and they're look, you're looking for friendship, relationship, a place to connect, uh, you should put ARC on your list to consider. Go, go to any of the events that we do throughout the year, arcchurches.com. And we, I always say we're, we're, we're a network with a cause. So we, we not only relate, but we relate and we do something together. We pull our money, all pull our money together to plant about 140 brand new churches every year in America. Amazing. So if you want to be a part of that, we would love for you to be a part of it. If you're looking for a school... And really, Grow operates kind of under ARC's covering, but out of Church of the Highlands. Grow, it's growleader.com, and it's it's just resources, downloads, and we do a, a main event. I hate to call it a conference because it's really not even a conference. It's just a it's a two-and-a-half-day training. Yeah, I've been there. You're right. It's, I would not call it a conference. And so there's no guest speakers. There's no vendors. We're not trying to – we're not selling you anything. Uh, we give do, away great ice cream things. What's that company? That's right, Steel City something. Steel City Pops. Oh man, those and are so nice. um, yeah, we want to serve you and 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 uh, and even for the pastors who need help with airfare, tr- travel, car rentals, and hotels, we have scholarships available for all of that. We see it as a mission of our church to help to help churches um, break growth barriers, and so that does, as you said, fill up sometimes a year in advance. So go to growleader.com. It's always toward the last week of July. 
every year, um, and we do some one-day regionals throughout. In fact, we'll be in Vegas in a couple of weeks. So it, it's it happens throughout the year these regional events. But I mean, we offer um, um, coaching phone calls from our staff. You want to get on a one-hour phone call with our children's pastor, things like that, or whatever. So that we're just here to serve local churches uh, uh, through Grow, and then Highlands College would be the third resource, uh, and that's for. Uh, young people in our churches who really have a fivefold ministry call on their life. You're, both your daughters are a part of that, and we really do. We believe it is a world class ministry training academy in a vibrant local church setting, right. and um, and we ha- we have a great relationship with local churches. Some ch- local churches actually scholarship their own kids to this college. And just so they can have them back as staff members, and so we have some great ways to navigate all of that. And that's um, you can look that up online at, at HighlandsCollege.com. So it's pretty exciting. Well, thank you. You know, I've, let me close by just encouraging those of you listening: if you're a pastor, if you're a leader in a church, particularly if you have any kind of say so as to how your church invests their their resources, I just can't encourage you enough. Please just don't listen to the podcast. And go on your way. Make some steps. Please make some steps. Take the time. Invest the money. Go to Birmingham and watch it. It's the best thing you can do is to invest in in learning how other people have learned to do things out of their heart, and they're duplicatable. You can duplicate what people have learned to do. Now you can't duplicate their their calling, but you certainly can duplicate what they've learned, their systems, their practices. And so I don't know anywhere in America or on, on the planet that is doing it for the local church, like, uh, like, like Church of the Highlands. It, it just doesn't, I'm sure that may be something I'm unaware of because God's good, and, but I'm not aware of it. And so as a resource for pastors and for leaders, please, please, please take advantage of this. And uh, Chris, thank you so much, really so much for taking the time oh, to talk to us. I had a blast. Thank you. God bless you. Thanks again for tuning in to the John Nuzzo Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to rate, review, and share this podcast on iTunes. It's a great way to get the word out and to help others grow as leaders. We'll see you back here next time for another episode of the John Nuzzo Leadership Podcast.